you guys doing? Welcome to episode 476. Hopefully you guys are looking forward to that weekend, man. I know I am. It's been one of them freaking weeks for old Hollywood, let me tell you. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about how a judge, yes, quote, air quote, judge, has just ruled that a uh, chapter of the Hells Angels, or did he say the whole entire organization, I don't know, is not a criminal gang that uh, those that saying it is, is just hearsay. Yes, this came out of a judge's mouth. Holy cow, they must be pissed off. <laughs> and the one, appeal, appeal. Uh, we're also going to be talking about how gang lists can change lives and not for the better, man. Not for the better. Half of the people don't even know they're on that damn thing. But first, from uh, the Motorcycle Riders Foundation Hall of Fame, uh, nominees wanted for the 2021 Motorcycle Riders Hall of Fame. Uh, the Hall of Fame was introduced at the Meeting of the Minds in Denver, Colorado. The institution was created to recognize individuals that have walked through the MRF to positively impact motorcycling. The Motorcycle Riders Foundation is proud to announce that the nomination process for the next class of inductees into the MRF HOF is now open. Nomination applications are due to the Hall of Fame committee by March 1st, 2021. Please send completed forms to communications at mrf.org. Yes, get those nominations in if you're into the, that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see here. Some of the inductees included Keith Bandit Ball, Karen Bowen, Mark Buckner, Hmm, hopefully it's no relation to Bill Buckner. Uh, Wayne Curtin and Michael Balls Farabaugh. So get them in there, man. Get them in there. Uh, MRF does, uh, I talk about them all the time, but they do all kinds of great stuff for motorcycle uh, rights all over the nation. They're mostly on the federal level type of deal where you got independent state stuff like Abate and all that good stuff. This weekend on Let's Bring It to the Table, we have a representative of the, the Duquesne Abate of Illinois. We're going to be going over a bunch of stuff, man, bunch of stuff. And then next week on uh, Bring It to the Table, we got a young buck that we're going to be talking to, getting his viewpoints on the scene Oh, man, this kid's got it together with his finances, the whole damn nine yards, man. It's something that we wish we were probably, uh, when we were younger, had our crap together like a kid like this. So it's going to be uh, the next couple, uh, let's bring it to the table, is going to be some real good ones, man. A lot of good information for everybody out there. Uh, so let's get into, uh, and yes, and yes, and yes, before I do that. I will be getting into where the Proud Boys were uh, designated as a terrorist organization in Canada, as well as the leader, Enrique. He was a freaking informant. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Sad state of affairs, let me tell you. Uh, anyway, I want you to remember this. The gang member label that federal authorities have been gleaning from gang databases is not based on the determination of a court and is applied without due process. A local officer's 
observation about a tire tattoos affiliation or in my case now this comes from a new york times piece that i'm going to be going over uh, vandalism can set a life-altering legal process in motion yes i believe this is something that we need to drill home about is this gang database list uh because actually it's it depends on the federal level it's where all these local and state officials throw information and in into this one database and then of course your states have uh individual local ones uh most popular that uh we've been talking about is the texas uh, gang base uh that's the one where people are just thrown on there they don't know what the hell's going on why they're on there never notified uh that they are on there and of course no court has ordered this. And like that quote just said, this stuff happens because of an individual officer's observations. It's not court ordered. Anybody can just throw you on there if they're a cop, which, uh, you know, kind of violates your Fourth Amendment to due process. That's I've always argued that the Fourth Amendment is, you know, in a way a lot more important than the second or the first because you do deserve due process if you're being charged with something if you know it basically comes down to your rights man uh so these gang database lists have really hurt a lot of people man people have lost jobs people have lost family over it and you know uh, the most uh, frequent one being 2015 during uh, Waco Twin Peaks. Boy, uh, they were all put on a gang list on that one, you know, being arrested too, 177. Uh, that was freaking ridiculous. But anyway, uh, that has led to lives being destroyed, and it only takes one schmuck of a cop that don't like you to throw you on that list. And next thing you know, you go for this or you go for that. And it's like, man, why can't I get this job? Oh, you're on this list. You're a gangbanger. What? What are you talking about? When did this happen? So, yeah, very uh, sad state of affairs, man. Uh, but let's go over this real quick. And, uh, you know, I really think you're going to enjoy this article here. Actually, it came out of the New York Times. You believe it? I don't. I can't believe it. Anyway, it says, are you in a gang database? Uh, the bar for being labeled a gang member is low, and the consequences are serious. This by Stefano Block, and it was actually, uh, you know, penned today, February 3rd of 2020. Uh, he is an assistant professor at the University of Arizona. Interesting. A lot of people are starting to wake up to this gang database stuff. I found out I was in a gang database, a shared criminal intelligence system used by police and agencies to store information on identified gang members. In 1996, after a dozen members of the Los Angeles Police Department crashed through my front door, the officers were from an anti-gang graffiti task force. Yes, they actually got a graffiti task force. Like, they don't got anything better to do in Los Angeles than have to have that, right? Come on, get some damn freaking pressure washers, get it off. Uh, it's insane what, you know what, insane what these uh, law enforcement uh, put as their priorities, isn't it? 
uh, and the arrest warrant identified me as a leader of not one, but two graffiti gangs. <laughs> yes, that graffiti, man, such a public threat. When I found out that the officers had torn through my family's apartment looking for spray paint and markers as per the search warrant, it reminded me of the actual gang members who had done the same just a few years earlier. Hindsight, man, hindsight. As a local graffiti writer, I had spent my adolescence running from gangs that resented how taggers, air quotes, like me, wrote in the neighborhoods they claimed as their own. Now I was labeled a gang member. Yes, you were labeled a gang member for spray painting. Sad state of affairs. I had been uh, labeled a gang member because I must have looked like one, or it may have been because a judge is more likely to issue a warrant for a kid in a gang than a kid who writes on walls. Very, very true right there. See, you know, I find cops to be busybodies, okay? They never stop looking for ways to pad that annual budget. So I guess uh, that uh, taggers are a real threat to the community, and they have to label them as a gang. That way they get their way with the judge. Uh, I will never be sure I was a vandal, but I was not in a gang, and the legal consequences for each are vastly different. Let's take a look here. At my arraignment, my air quote gang identity was brought up to frame the many charges for vandalism I was facing. Like more than 94% of state-level felony defendants in America, I plea bargain and receive a fine probation and community service, but avoided jail time. It was the gang label, not the criminal charges, that scared me the most. I realized then, as I understand now, that gang categorization is often more of a legal tactic than a matter of identity. Oh my God, is this guy straight up, man? He's straight on with this one. Uh, if you're labeled a gang member, guess what you get? Gang enhancement charges. You could do some stupid misdemeanor. Next thing they know, they'd label you as a gang member, and boom, you walk into a felony case at that point. And that right there should be unconstitutional, if you ask me. Uh, problem is, the courts, nobody's really fighting this type of stuff, man. Not that I don't, you know, not that I know of. I don't know if the ACLU is or any rights organizations. I have no idea. Uh, but one good thing about this, and one thing I've been, you know, kind of upset about is, you know, I talked about it before, is the criminal justice reform going around in this country. And nobody uh, from the biker scene is getting into it. They call it, air quotes again, too controversial. Yes, it's too controversial of a law to get, in, you know, involved. Are you crazy? Really, are you crazy? This is the perfect time to get involved in something like this. Perfect time. Everybody else is doing it, so why not us? Why not us? I don't get it. There's a lot of club members and a lot of supporters and independents being uh, attributed uh, to being a gang. Come on, man. Recent accusations of Los Angeles Police Department officers falsely identifying people as gang members are nothing new, and the problem is certainly not just a local issue. 
The Los Angeles Times reported last month that 20 officers from the Metropolitan Division assigned to crime suppression duties were suspected of having willfully falsified information on field interview cards during traffic stops. No, they wouldn't do something like that. Come on. You, you, no. Give me a break. Information on such charges or cards is relied upon later to determine who should be entered into a gang database. Self-identifying as a gang member, in addition to tattoos and officers' descriptions of gang-related clothing, are used to make a gang distinction. You're telling me that nobody out west in that freaking leftist freaking state of California and get this, you know, thrown out, get a president set, get them to appeal and go to the Ninth Circus and get this taken care of. Descriptions of gang-related clothing. Hmm. So if you're wearing Converse with, uh, you know, a flat-billed hat, uh, certain colors, I guess you're gang-related. Doesn't matter if you like it or not. I guess, you know... You don't get to choose what is uh, your flavor or not. They have a right to just say, okay, he's a gangbanger. He's a criminal. See, this is what's dangerous. Say you're a hog member and you're seen around a clubhouse. Maybe you're just going to a funeral of a friend and there's a quote-unquote supposed motorcycle gang there, according to the DOJ. Next thing you know, you're entered on this gang list, and, uh, yeah, what recourse do you have? Is there any recourses to these gang uh, database lists? We gotta ask ourselves this. And I like how he goes into this. Uh, gang member categorization, sometimes based on superficial, if not completely fabricated, indicators is part of a long-standing campaign of deportation of young people supported at the federal level. Uh, I guess, you know what, he's out of office. I ain't going into that. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security and a subsidiary agency, uh, ICE, rely on gang databases uh, that pull together local enforcement determinations about gang membership. Uh, from Los Angeles to Long Island, where Operation Matador was announced in 2017 to target suspected members of Lamar uh, Salvatrocha uh, or MS-13 with the help of local police. Uh, now, the meat of the case is the quote I read you was, it's about uh, the cops' observation of attire, tattoos, affiliation, and it can trigger a lot of stuff, man. Uh, where agents are feeling emboldened, uh, cops are feeling emboldened because you're on a gang list. So they think people are not going to care what they do to you. That is the hypocrisy of this society, man. It really is. Protect my rights, but don't protect the rights of the others. If it ain't concerning me, who cares? Let them law enforcement do what they want to do. That's, the, unfortunately, the way people think nowadays. Again, until it happens to them. I always tell independents and riding association, riding club people, 
that, you know what, you might balk at motorcycle club profiling uh, issues until it happens to you again. Then all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait a second here. This wasn't supposed to happen to me. I wasn't doing nothing. I'm not a member of them people. Well, wait a second. That cop just said you were. So he entered you on a gang database. And you could be a stockbroker. You can be a doctor, lawyer, whatever the hell it is. Now you're on that list and you probably don't know about it. And it's going to follow your ass everywhere. Sad state of affairs really is. So that's important that, it, you know what, you might not believe or you might be on the side of law enforcement, you know, personally sucking on that pucker. But anyway, you, you know, everybody has the right to do what they want or who to support and stuff, you know, don't be me, you know, whatever. Anyway, you got a right to support who you want. But remember, it's them same people that'll leave you in the dust the first chance they get. Just like this back to blue rally crap I always talk about. Boy, did they love you bikers standing up for them. Well, until it wasn't time, okay? Until they didn't need you anymore. Then they decided, hey, it's all right to bang on their heads or go after them and talk crap or whatever, you know, you may have. Yep, it was time, baby. <laughs> How did that work out for you, man? How did it really do? Uh, but anyway, what do you guys think in the comment section uh, about this deal? You guys have to have some type of opinions on it, man. Uh, do you think there should be a class action lawsuit on uh, part of uh, the people put on this gang list without any due process in court? I think there should, man. Hopefully uh, some motorcycle rights organizations start thinking about that, uh, suing to uh, get this issue out in the public eye. Now, another interesting uh, story that has been coming out today is Canada has designated uh, <laughs> the uh, Proud Boys as uh, terrorists in a uh, unanimous vote as white supremacists, even though I find it really hard, I really do, uh, how they're going to label them white supremacists when there's all kinds of nationalities and colors in this thing. Uh, but I guess pinknews.co.uk, uh, Nick Duffy, how can you work for, uh, uh, okay, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, Canada's House of Commons voted on Monday, 25th of January, to approve a motion from new Democratic Party leader Jagmeet Sai condemning the group, which is facing investigations in the U.S. over its uh, role in storming of the building. They never give it up, do they? They really don't. Uh, Singh's motion calls upon the government, quote, to use all available tools to address the proliferation of white supremacists and hate groups, starting with immediately designating the Proud Boys as a terrorist entity. The motion gained cross-party support from all Canadians' uh, political parties, gaining approval without a single objection. Uh, you know, what is that thing in, uh, Star Wars, man? Uh, what is it, the third one, whatever the hell it is? Uh, Democracy Dies with a Bang or something? Yep, there you go. Uh, government Minister Bill Blair told CTV 
Earlier this month, that Canada would be expanding its list of terrorist organizations to include more extreme right. Uh, you know, it's, it's always the right. It's never the left, man. Can you not see, people, how you are being driven like sheep when it comes to propaganda? Just saying, man. Uh, there's the dude who introduced... Okay, I, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to go to... You know, Mr. Rat, uh, Proud Boy leader Enrique Terrio, was an FBI informant. My question is, if you're a part of the Pro Proud Boys, how do you feel about that? This guy right here, your so-called leader, if you guys were planning stuff, was feeding the FBI everything that you were talking about. That's uh, like in the last episode, man, I was talking about uh, militias and stuff. It's like, you can't trust any of that stuff, man, because they're all freaking infiltrated. And now you're being designated as this and that. You know, you don't want that stuff around your MC, man. You guys got enough problems as it is. But anyway, uh, I guess he was an informant. He's a past, in, uh, a past informer for federal and local, repeatedly working undercover for investigators after he was arrested in 2012, according to a federal uh, former prosecutor and transcript of a 2014 federal court proceeding. There's a picture of him. In the Miami hearing, a federal prosecutor, an FBI agent, and Terrio's own lawyer described his undercover work and said he had helped authorities prosecute more than a dozen people in various cases involving drugs, gambling, and human smuggling, it looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, he denied working undercover or cooperating in a case against others. He said, and here it is where it tells you he was, I don't know any of this, he said when asked about the transcript. I don't recall. Yes, I don't recall any of this is basically saying, yeah, I was a rat. You're a rat there, Enrique. You nasty boy, you. And here you are leaving these guys. You know, I don't know how the hell they'd freaking keep you as a leader, man. But, hey, I ain't a part of your shit, so I don't care. Uh, law enforcement officials and tra or court transcripts contradict his denial in a statement uh, to Reuters, a former federal prosecutor in the case, Vanessa Sy, uh, jo Johannes, confirmed that he cooperated with local and federal and law enforcement to aid in the prosecution of those running other separate criminal enterprises, ranging from running marijuana grow houses in Miami to operating pharmaceutical fraud schemes. You are a nasty rat, Jerry, buddy. Nasty rat. What the hell, man? You know, you're supposed to be leading a, mo uh, a movement for your damn supporters. And next thing you know, you're out there telling on everybody, man. That's your... You know what? He's probably a fed transplant, okay? He was probably a fed friggin' informant. Just leave it at that. Uh, the Proud Boys are going to have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, wait a second, man. Are we going to be led by somebody who is a supposed informer? You know, we have all those guys that are three percenters and all those that are anti-government in this organization, and they have somebody that ratted on people. Not a good way of looking at it, man. Not a good way of looking at it. So uh, 
here's uh, another thing before we get into this judge's case where I like, like, holy cow. Uh, this was actually a bulletin uh, put out there. And this kind of goes to uh, what I was talking in the last episode about, uh, you know, confusing three percenters with actual motorcycle clubs, which are not. And the dangers of that, you'll have to watch that episode uh, that I posted uh, yesterday. I think that was episode 475. Yeah, that was 475. Anyway, uh, Wednesday, January 27th, 2021. Uh, the, this is a summary. The Acting Secretary of Homeland Security has issued a National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin. Doing, uh, due to the heightened threat environment across the United States, which DHS believes will persist in the weeks the successful uh, presidential inauguration, information suggests that some ideolo <laughs> ideological motivated violent extremists, they don't say, uh, you know, the leftist Antifa, but anyway, with objections to the exercise of governmental authority and the presidential transition, as well as other perceived grievances fueled by false narratives. Oh, it's false narratives if you guys say so. Okay, we got it. Just like, you know, the media is trying to tell us all the time that it's false. And you people believe them. <laughs> Could continue to mobilize or incite and commit violence. Now, this don't expire until April 30th of 2021. 2021. <laughs> then it goes into a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, why they're putting this out there and the whole nine yards. It just makes me sick, man. That's what I have to say to that. Anyway, here's where I, like, freaked out, man. I was like, hell no, no way. Hell no. Evidence that Hell's Angels are criminal gang, quote, hearsay. Judge rules in a gun permit case. A full patch member will get another chance at a gun permit, the judge ruled. It's about time, is what I have to say. I wish judges here in the, uh, the states would do something like this. A full patch member of the Hells Angel chapter based in Langley will be allowed to appeal a ban on gun ownership, a judge in Chilliwack ruled recently. In her ruling, uh, Justice Francisco Marzari, man, we got to give you some props right there, expressed doubt about the evidence given by longtime retired RCMP officer that the Hells Angels is an organized crime group. The case began when Gaston Moffitt attempted to renew a firearms permit he held from 2012 to April of 2018 without incident. The firearms officer issued a notice of refusal, citing his membership in the outlaw motorcycle gang. He is a member of the West Point chapter, a lower mainland area group that, according to media reports, had a rented clubhouse in South Langley. They, uh, the refusal to give uh, a firearms uh, permit relied on a report by a 28-year-old uh, veteran of the, the RCMP, Corporal Sergio da Silvia, who in 2018 was the organized gang uh, unit of the Combined Forces Special Enforcement Unit, uh, which combats organized uh, crime in B.C., you guys always, you guys in Australia always having that long-ass friggin' names for stuff. 
He advised the firearms officer about the characteristics of the Hells Angel, and the firearm officer refused the license, writing, quote, I find you represent the Hells Angels and are bound by rules that allow violence and criminal acts, and that the police are your adversary. He found that the Outlaw Motorcycle Club has a reputation for violence and criminal acts and forbids its members from cooperating with police. He appealed and, and a reference hearing was held. Uh, the judge there again found that it was reasonable to refuse the license because he's a member of the Hells Angels. You guys don't have a Second Amendment up there, do you? But of course, that's being eroded here in the States, uh, which is an organization that allows for violence and criminality. Uh, they said that it was a you know a risk for him having it, uh, but uh, the report, the Salvia's report, relied on double or unattributed hearsay use of the term outlaw motorcycle gang, and aspects of his opinion that may be uh, characterized uh, as pure speculation. Way to go, man! I'll read uh, this last thing from this because it's pretty good, man. Uh, while some of this opinion evidence was factual and largely uncontested, for example, that he is a member, other aspects were highly contentious at the hearing and were based on hearsay and speculation that would ordinarily not be admissible and which raise reliability issues, she later ruled. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Uh, congrats up there. Hopefully they give you your stuff. Now, we've been uh, covering this one. Uh, this is from winknews.com. Yes, winknews.com. This suspect arrested for biker road rage attack, one more wanted... According to the Crime Stoppers, Stefan Antonio Carrion Valquez, 31, turned himself in at the Lee Jail Thursday night in connection with the 9 uh, January road rage incident in North Fort Myers. Uh, he faces felony battery, burglary, and property damage and is being held without bail. Uh, the victim, Jeremy Harris, captured the fight on a dash cam video in an interview with Wink News, Harris said he yelled at a troop of motorcyclists because they were blocking the intersection to allow others to forgo lights. Uh, he clipped one of them by mistake. They began to attack him uh, before Harris ended up outside his car and brought down to the ground. He was kicked and beat, and one of the suspects even beat him with a wrench. So far arrested are Jermaine Adelion, 36, Roberto Del Toro, Kevin Cordero, and Ramon Santiago. Uh, they were arrested by U.S. Marshals in Ohio, where he fled to with his two children, authorities say. So they got that dumb schluck. Now, Biker Dad. Uh, yes, don't forget to go over to Chris Best, man, better known as Biker Dad. Check out his stuff. I read his blog all the time. Uh, a driver charged five months after crash that killed a biker in Dauphine. Uh, they've, uh, this was a deadly crash in September. Uh, happened on Highway 98. Uh, they were covering it live when it happened. Uh, the crash happened on September 12th. The traffic homicide unit developed probable cause to charge the defendant after an intense investigation. Uh, the charges were very likely, and this goes back to when it happened, a 61-year-old biker is the one that uh, got killed. Uh, Richard Deason was riding his vintage 1970 Triumph TR6 uh, Tiger 
Uh, that's when he was uh, killed. You know what? My God. You know. Anyway, follow Biker Dad, man. He's an awesome freaking guy. Hi, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. Join me Monday through Friday for Motorcycle Mayhem Morning Show on YouTube Live, Facebook, and all major podcast platforms where we talk about all the major biker news going on in the scene. Rock on. Rock on, baby. Don't forget to go ahead and go over to HarleyLiberty.com and get some more daily biker news, as well as go over to the Discord server, man. It's starting to get real popular over there. Every It's a real uh, busy uh, forum, man. It's awesome to see that kind of stuff. So what do you guys think of that judge's ruling up in Canada? Holy cow, don't you wish... Uh, more would be uh, ruling down here that way. Just hearsay, man. I was out kicking the nuts for that uh, guy, I bet. Uh, but, hey, oh, well, as well, it is hearsay, and it's time for courts to stop relying on these biased law enforcement, you know, the same ones that just throw you on a damn gang uh, database and ruin your whole damn life while they sit back, eat donuts, and laugh at you. Ain't cool stuff, man. Ain't cool stuff. So... Let me know in the comment section what you guys think and all that good jive. And uh, don't forget to check uh, myself and China Doll out on the Hollywood and China Doll show. It's a uh, bunch of good times, I have to say. It really is. So with that, I'll talk to you guys later. You have a good one.